social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Bum bum bum. Bum bum. Breaking news. Hi there, I'm Michelle Greenbaum, and we have a developing story on the news desk. <laughs> I'm sure you know where she's going with this, since by now everyone has probably heard about the TikTok acquisition. Yes, slash TikTok ban, potentially. So what's happening is Trump threatened to ban TikTok from the U.S. Right. Uh, because of national security concerns. Now he's saying he'll give in Microsoft or any other company. As long as they're American-based. As long as they're American-based until September 15th to make a deal with ByteDance. So tell me more about the concerns. Okay, so ByteDance is a company based in Beijing, China. Mm -hmm. And because TikTok is owned by ByteDance, all of our data when we use TikTok, so location data, search history, etc., is accessible technically by the Chinese government. Mm. So it's not necessarily the content of what we're posting on TikTok that is the national security threat. Mm -hmm. It's more so that all of our data can be accessible in this kind of data wars. Sure. So what are the next steps here? So Microsoft put out a blog post on Monday saying that they were going to be continuing having conversations with the U.S. government, including President Trump um, and ByteDance, to Mm -hmm. try to reach a deal for getting TikTok owned and operated in the U.S. It's so interesting because I read something that this would be Microsoft's first foyer into social media. Yeah, I know they had a little bit of a stint with GitHub and Minecraft, but it'd be interesting to see how it competes with another big tech giant like Facebook. For sure. Who's in development of their own TikTok-like. Correct. Reels. Yeah. So TikTok says they are not going anywhere. Thank God. I hope that's the case because I don't know (laughs) where I'm going to get all my Taylor Swift folklore album Easter eggs. I know. So rumor has it August 7th is going to be a big day in Taylor's life. Not only are there two songs on the new album named August and Seven, but they are also alluding to the idea that there is a special track, bonus track really, going to be released on that day. And that's when the merch ships correct oh that's when people get access to the bonus track of their digital downloads Mm -hmm. so rumors are flying that she might be getting married she might be pregnant there might be another big announcement regardless we're invested in it and i learned all of this through one single 15 second tiktok video wild wild all right well like you said it's august it's august so that means the facebook boycott is air quotes over Mm mm-hmm So altogether, more than a thousand companies boycotted Facebook in the month of July. Publicly. Publicly. Probably way more. So many more who cut back their ad spending on the network specifically. However, the real question stands is, did it achieve the goal that it was hoping to? And the stat that I have to share with you all is that in the first three weeks of July, Facebook said that their overall ad revenue grew 10% over last year's. Wow. So for a boycott, I'm pretty sure it's not supposed to grow. (laughs) this is true if i understand that properly yeah i think the big takeaway here i mean mark zuckerberg said on a call like i think people underestimate us Uh, seem to wrongly assume our business is dependent on a few large advertisers which i'm sure some of the smaller players ended up spending more on facebook in the month of july because there was less competition in the market sure sure But But at the end of the day, the point of the boycott was to stand in solidarity 
towards a common goal, you know, aligning your brand with something to elicit change. Yeah, really, I think the PR hurt Facebook as this publisher of hate speech and inappropriate content yeah. more than the advertising 100% did. So now I want to talk about something that we haven't discussed on the podcast before, and that is Fire Festival. Throwback. I think we can all remember the photos of two pieces of Wonder Bread with a piece of American cheese slapped on it, tents blown over, alcohol, free-flowing on We've random all seen beaches. we the documentaries, Jen. Sure. We know it. I'm just painting the picture. The U.S. U.S. Marshal has seized the Fire Festival merch and it is now up for auction. Including souvenir clothing, tokens, <laughs> and wristbands. How? I don't know what the tokens were for. I don't even care what the tokens are for. How crazy the fact that I still am talking about this because I can purchase a damn sweatshirt is fascinating to me. So... There's a hat. It's a black hat. It says fire on it. It has 41 bids. It's at $305. Sweatshirts are going for like 500 a yeah. piece. Hoodies, sweatpants. Wristbands, t-shirts. I kind of want to buy something. You should. But I'm not trying to spend $300 on a hat. <laughs> on the subject of purchasing and shopping online, we are talking to an affiliate marketing expert today. Yes. Laura Holzwasser. Yeah, she is an affiliate marketing manager at Chewy. You know Chewy as the place where your pet food comes from. At least that's where <laughs> our pet food comes from. Cat food, cat litter, scratchy toys. So we haven't really talked about affiliate marketing before. And Laura talks to us today about the relationship between social media and affiliate marketing, what role influencers play in that, what makes a good affiliate, what makes a good publishing partner, etc. Yeah. All the little things when you are on social and you're clicking out to different websites that you probably don't think about, she's going to shed some light on it today. Yeah, excited for you all to hear. Hi, Laura. Hi. How, How are, are you? you? Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm great. How are you guys? We're excited to have you on the show. Let's get started with the social media speed round. We're going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Okay, shoot. Okay, what is your favorite social network? I'm pretty addicted to Twitter. Nice. Ooh, nice. Me too. What is your go-to emoji? Ooh, I like the, the hands up where it's kind of like, yay. Mm-hmm. What about stories or feed? Ooh, I like both of them. I, I don't like when stories have sound turn on without me being ready for it. So <laughs> because of that, I'll pick feed for now. Okay, what Instagram ad can you not get rid of? Well, considering I work at Chewy, I get very targeted by Chewy ads, and I'm totally fine with it because it, at least it's lots of pictures of puppies. What about your favorite meme? Um... I use GIFs, I'd say, more than memes, mm. and I really love to to use Kristen Wiig on the airplane um, in Bridesmaids saying, yeah. either help me, I'm poor, or um, I'm ready to party. <laughs> <laughs> both, both good ones, for sure. Okay, we're going to throw it back to 2005. Okay. You're on MySpace. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> what song is playing on your profile? Uh, it was probably something that I, I thought was really like angsty and, and explained myself and how I was feeling like Green Day or something yes. that I thought was just like super philosophical. <laughs> That's yes. such a good answer. Yeah, I'm into it. it. I, I probably could. I don't know if my MySpace is still up there, but it would be very cringeworthy to see what's on there. 
Agree. Us too. (laughs) Just stay away from it. (laughs) Okay. So moving into the interview, um, you mentioned the speed round. You work at Chewy. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to Chewy. Yeah. So I went to Boston College and I studied marketing and information systems while I was there. Um, I thought that I wanted to work in social media marketing. So I actually interned at Likeable. I was a buzz builder. <laughs> yes, it was It was my senior year. Um, and it, at the time, there was an office downtown Boston. So I would go to my internship and then I would go back to classes. And I really in, enjoyed um, the social media space. But when I ultimately was looking for a job, I just kind of applied everywhere. And Mm -hmm. in the process, I ended up with a job at a company at the time called Commission Junction, now called CJ Affiliate. And I had no idea what affiliate marketing was. To be honest, I was just very happy to be employed and be making money after (laughs) school. Yeah, Yeah. so I I started uh, at CJ two weeks after graduating from college and fell in love with the affiliate marketing space. And last summer, last August, I uh, left CJ and I came to Chewy as an affiliate marketing manager. I'm pretty dog obsessed. Everybody that knows me uh, knows I volunteer at a dog shelter. I constantly post pictures of my dog. I just I go up to strangers just to say hi to their dogs. So when I left <laughs> CJ to, to tell them that I was going to be coming to Chewy, um, despite my boss being a little upset, said, well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked specifically about affiliate marketing on the show before. So can you give our listeners, uh, in simple terms, a quick explanation of exactly what that is? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, affiliate marketing is something that I think everybody interacts with when they're online and doesn't even realize it. Affiliate marketing is is almost like referral marketing. And what we do is here at Chewy, we get our promotions and our content and our brands visible through other sites that might be coupon and deal sites or cash back sites or content sites. And when you click on a link um, and come make a purchase on our site, we give a commission to Hmm. the site that referred you. So you might not even know you're interacting with affiliate links when you're reading a BuzzFeed article, or you might not understand where cash back comes from on Rakuten or Be Frugal, and that's all affiliate Mm -hmm. marketing. You mentioned BuzzFeed. What are some of the affiliates that you work with or that you've worked with in the past, just to kind of paint a little bit of a picture? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when I joined the affiliate space, uh, eight years ago now, it was mainly coupon and deal. So retail me not, flick deals, mm-hmm. or cash back sites at the time, um, Ebates, uh, Mr. Rebates, Shop at Home. And there wasn't too much content in the space. And as the space has evolved, I, I work a lot more with content sites as big as BuzzFeed or Discovery, like HGTV. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the giant media sites are now playing in the affiliate space. I'm curious about how the relationships start. Like, does 
for if, if is it like a publisher has an idea for a listicle and it features you a know product, pet food or yeah, products yeah. and they pitch it to you or is it more of an outreach of you're going to them and saying hey these are our priority products do you have any content you can work it into it really goes both ways everybody in the affiliate space says it's a relationship business so mm-hmm. really it's just communicating between partners whether it's me communicating to all of my partners saying, hey, we have a sale coming up. Can you write something about it? Or mm-hmm. a partner coming to me saying, hey, it's National Dog Day. Do you have any product that you would like us to push? So it's a two-way street. We've heard you describe your job like the perfect combination of data analytics and relationship management. And you touched on the relationship part of it, but tell us more about the data side. What are you really learning there and what's exciting that you're discovering? Right. So in affiliate, it's totally a paper performance channel. Mm-hmm. And so we want to maximize what items that we're selling or what categories that we're selling. So there is a lot of data analytics where... Uh, we're running a sale and I pull a report to see what the top products are. And then Mm. I can tell my partners, here's what we expect, or here's the, if it's not a sale, here's seasonality. In May, we expect a lot of flea and tick because we see an uptick in the performance um, of those SKUs and those products. Or if we see a downward trend, all of a sudden there are no clicks coming from a certain partner. It's time for me to reach out and figure out, did you change your content strategy? Maybe Google had an update and their algorithm Mm -hmm. has pushed them down. So there's really that combination of using the numbers to back up the decisions we make with our relationship. I'm totally asking this out of curiosity because this yeah. is like a new world for us too. At one given moment, like how many affiliates are you working with at once? Like how many links are out there? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so many, so many. Um, it, it depends on the program. So some programs uh, can be very small and, and some will have thousands of partners. And in those thousands of partners, those partners might even have thousands of websites. Right. So, right. it's, so it's a big it, pool of data that you're you're pulling from. Exactly. And so there's definitely partners that um, we focus on based on performance or if we think that they're a very relevant audience that we, mm-hmm. we want to promote to, then we might spend more time reaching out to them. But mm-hmm. we are juggling a lot of pieces at once. And so there is a lot of mass communication, which is then followed up by those personal relationships and outreach. Are you ever surprised by some (laughs) of the results that you see? Like I'm thinking about when we brainstorm content for social and we know that our target is this, you know, mom who's doing the grocery buying and we are always kind of thinking about her when we're creating it. But then at the same time, you know, everyone grocery shops, right? Like (laughs) it's not the only target, but I'm curious if you see like any trends ever from affiliate and the data. And you're like, wow, we did not expect Joe Schmo over here. (laughs) I don't know to be clicking on this link. Yeah. For us, I would say it's a little less audience segmented, but it's Mm -hmm. more, it's more, Oh, I didn't know this audience would respond. So um, it could be a more male audience. Obviously men have pets, but if you watch a lot of chewy ads, it's usually featuring females. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, It could also be that a sale did really well and we or just a product that had a uh, had a small discount on it all of a sudden is being sold out because affiliates promoted it. Or it could be that a sale we thought would do really well just didn't resonate with our customers. 
and we have to figure out why that is and then mm-hmm. change impact it. Got it. I think I'd like to hear a little bit more about what makes a successful affiliate. Yeah, and there are a lot of a lot of pieces to it and affiliate yeah. marketing is just is just one part of the business, I would say. Um, having that um, an SEO ranking is really important first mm-hmm. because obviously if you have a site and nobody's visiting it, it's hard to get people to click <laughs> their links and yeah. make a purchase. <laughs> so affiliate marketing might not be the first step in an equation, but um, having just a having a dedicated person towards affiliate makes a lot of sense because it is uh, relationship heavy. There's a lot of communication, a lot of handholding, a lot of calls. And um, I do see a lot of partners maybe start with one person doing all of digital marketing and that person just ends up being too overwhelmed to be able to focus. Affiliate marketing is not something that just overnight you're going to be making money. It, it, it takes time. So the other thing is just patience and understanding that it might take a couple of months for, for you to see a significant amount of commissions come through. In terms of like creative and the content, is it typically just like product imagery from the website of kind of like try this one? Or do you see any of your partners like creating anything custom or working the product into like a post that they already have planned? It's interesting because again, it very much depends on the partner. Uh, There are plenty of sites that are just collages of, of images that are products that somebody wants to buy or recommends. And then there are bloggers or influencers that are creating their own imagery and content around it. For me, what I recommend is just staying true to your site and your voice, because mm-hmm. if it feels advertising, then your audience right. is going to lose trust in you. That's a perfect segue because <laughs> we wanted to talk about, you know, the intersection of affiliate and influencer and, you know, working in social media when we're working with influencers, it's like you said, it's really important to make sure it's on brand because you're using someone else's platform to mm-hmm. you know, promote your product. So would love to hear a little bit more about your work on the influencer side. Yeah. So influencers are another interesting space that eight years ago when I started an affiliate didn't exist. We now see plenty of influencers that they can charge like $25,000 for a post plus commissions. (laughs) They can make an absolute they can make a living off of this, which is which is great. And I think it's because brands really respect that authentic message. It is a very important part of marketing, both from a brand awareness standpoint, but also if I follow a blog and I read it every day and I really trust that blog for recommendations, when I'm recommended a product, I might want to buy it. And that's Mm -hmm. where the intersection comes into play. It's, I would say influencer marketing and affiliate have this blurred line of overlap where Mm -hmm. influencers are definitely doing brand awareness. But once I see a product, I'm aware of it and now I want to buy it. So that's where affiliate comes into play and I can make that click and make a purchase. When you're working with influencers, would love to hear about some of that thought process of what makes a great influencer for Chewy besides obviously... Loving pets. Loving pets. <laughs> yes, which usually isn't hard to find. And to be honest, a lot of it is just reviewing influencer sites and their Instagrams and, mm-hmm. and whichever social media platform they're using and just looking at their, their look and feel and their voice and making sure it, it is authentic, making sure that they do post about their pets and this isn't mm-hmm. going to feel out of place. We're not going to see any sales if if we don't 
think it looks like an authentic right. post. Nobody's going to click and, and buy a product. So it, it doesn't serve us or the influencer to work right. together if that's not the case. I'm embarrassed by this, but um, <laughs> there was one of the contestants of The Bachelor posted. Oh my God, I can't believe you're going to say that. She was holding like a bowl of strawberries in like a strawberry field. And it was an ad for Wendy's, I think. It was oh, when they released their their and, strawberry fields poppy seed yeah. salad. Whatever and I it was. tagged Jen in it. And I was like, this is so staged, LOL. And then she blocked me. And, and Jen. And me. <laughs> wow. And that doesn't surprise me. I follow a lot of reality TV contestants as well. <laughs> and to be honest, those are usually the ones I see the most ads from. Um, yeah. And they don't always make sense. I'm glad you brought up reality TV because I hear you're a Survivor super fan. Oh, goodness. Yes. I, yes, very much so. My life goal is to go on Survivor. Like, We've been planning her audition tape for over a year. Can I be your loved one visit? Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. Sorry, Michelle. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> Just priorities. I, yeah. Of course. No, this now that we're friends and now that you're on the podcast, you're automatically my loved one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, back back to social media and affiliates and all of that. Have you seen success from specific social channels that do really well at promoting affiliate links? Yeah, it's it's tough because different social media channels have different guidelines. And yeah. for instance, right now, TikTok doesn't even allow affiliate links, which mm. is it's a shame because we have so many amazing uh, yeah. TikTokers reach out to us. Yeah. With, I mean, when I'm on TikTok, the only thing I look at is pet content. And it's, <laughs> I get all cat content on my <laughs> For You page. <laughs> Yes, it's great. And uh, right now, there's just nowhere for them to put links uh, right. to, for affiliate tracking. Um, that being said, Instagram, while being really great, a great platform for imagery, right now, unless you have the ability to swipe up from your story because you have enough followers or link in your bio, there yeah. isn't an easy tool. Um, there right. are... There are some tools in place with influencer networks, such as rewards, dial or shopping links, but it's Instagram itself is not super affiliate friendly yet. Yeah. Are the custom like promo codes, like use code Michelle five <laughs> at checkout, is that the same as affiliate or is that something different? I think it depends on the company. It mm -hmm. depends on how they're able to track those codes. So right. are they okay. able to internally say anytime this code is used, it's affiliate. Um, right now, Chewy doesn't do that. And mm -hmm. so it's, it is harder for us to track influencers if they especially don't want to change their bio link and totally, mm -hmm. totally right. understand. But those those codes that are used, it, it might not even actually be the affiliate channel. It, it could be some sort of influencer network. Right. That makes sense. I'm glad you brought up TikTok because they launched their like business center for, yeah. for brands and advertisers to kind of have more transparency into their products oh. or ad products. And it's great because there's, you know, more and more people joining it from the ad side. But definitely the like overwhelming feedback is brands are ready for them to start having yeah. linking capabilities, like getting <laughs> down that lower funnel side of the business. I think we're all ready for that on TikTok. Yeah, TikTok is a channel that honestly, I never interacted with until maybe a month or two ago, my sister started <laughs> sending me so many dog videos that I yeah. had 
I just had to download the app. Yeah. Um, it definitely has purchasing power. The, the audience is huge. And it's right. that millennial and Gen Z audience that different companies and brands are craving. So I agree. So one of the things that I wanted to share before we hopped on this call, I heard Michelle pitching a concept brief to one of our clients oh, no. and the content <laughs> included a dog and she was laughing and giggling in the other room about it. And one of the things that we know proves very successful is showing a pet or a baby <laughs> and, and like it just always performs so well. We see it go through yeah. the roof. Like everyone clicks it. Everyone engages, comments, shares, all the things. Put an animal in it, in the content whenever you can. Yeah. <laughs> so I would just love to hear like as a fan of dogs yourself, I mean, why do you think pets are so popular on social? I mean, they're just so pure. For me, it's just, a, it's a happiness. It, it, it right. makes yeah. me smile and it warms my heart. Um, with dogs, I mean, they're just there to make you happy and they just want to play and love and be loved Yay. and <laughs> I'm curious about what you think about pet influencers does Chewy work with like famous dogs or famous animals <laughs> it's something that we are working with I think it's still it's still I guess newer um yeah. model and I think when it comes to affiliate especially it takes us a little bit longer to to learn how to work um, with influencers just to make sure that messaging is right to make a conversion. Yeah. A lot of people that are following those pet influencers are probably just looking for those happiness images right. and aren't ready to be making a purchase. Also, like, how do you craft that messaging, like coming from the dog? It's not like the dog <laughs> is writing a blog. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it's, it's, I think, a very good brand play, but it's a little bit mm -hmm. harder for affiliate where we're looking for conversions. Right. Um, because right. it's not as natural. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to share with us? Anything upcoming that you're excited about? No, I just, um, I'm really happy I got to touch base with you guys and, and share a little bit yeah. about affiliate marketing. It's a, it's a channel um, online that people don't really know exists or really understand, but you're right. interacting with it probably every day if you're right. reading or shopping. And it's, it's been so much fun talking to you guys. So happy that I was a buzz builder eight years ago so that we could be in touch. <laughs> yes. Thank you for joining. I definitely learned a lot. This I know. Great. I know. Thanks, Laura. Bye. Before this interview, this is all I knew about affiliate marketing. <laughs> okay. So we have a friend and I won't name him, but he signed up to be an affiliate for like all the different programs or even think about like Uber when you send a link to yeah. someone and the first time they use it, you get $15 and they get $15. Seamless. Airbnb. Wink. Lyft. Uber. Wink. You name it. So he signed up for all of these and then bought Google AdWords <laughs> to promote the links. And so like total strangers were using his referral links and getting all these like free things or like free Uber rides and stuff. And that's definitely not allowed. We do not recommend that. <laughs> Don't it, do it. He's it, blocked from everything. It will 100% kick you off of every platform. Yeah. <laughs> like she said, like we interact with it every day. Yeah. Like, how I'm constantly like the other day it was like best sunscreens right. for body or like <laughs> there's another one like bug sprays and you see all the listicles from like self magazine or yeah who's who's picking these but a lot of them are affiliates mm -hmm. and they're linked to for marketing 100 percent and I like the correlation to social media here too I think there's definitely Crossover. huge tie-in 
So moving into the account we want you to follow this week. Mm -hmm. This is a back-to-back sports. Last week we talked about the Seattle hockey team. Mm -hmm. The Kraken. The Kraken. This week we're talking about the New York Giants. Yeah, let's do it. So yesterday was the debut of the Giants Life training camp presented by Toyota YouTube series launch. That was a very long-winded sentence. Very. (laughs) But tell me more. Very long-winded. So... This YouTube series is going to follow the New York Giants during training camp, Hmm. and it's going to take viewers through how they're approaching it during COVID. So how the coaches are creating relationships with players virtually, how they're doing their daily COVID testing in an outside trailer, the outdoor weight room setup, and overall just how they're adhering to and enforcing safety protocols. That's really cool. Good PR for the NFL. Definitely. Overall. Definitely. I mean, we are reality TV junkies, and we talked to Laura about Survivor as well. <laughs> and so I think it'll be a fun little behind-the-scenes look at this new normal that we're, we're dealing with in the sports world. Michelle is smiling. I guess it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> See you all next week. All the social ladies. All the social ladies. All the social ladies. All the social ladies. Now put your phones up.